Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Kat. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? What's the weather like in Tennessee? It was like 26 degrees this morning, and I went prancing out with my little cotton. This I love this sweater. I just got it from one quince and it's cotton and cashmere and it was only $29 and I just love it if you haven't shopped on quince.com they're fabulous it may be one quince but anyway so I went prancing out with this little thin sweater on then I went prancing right back in the house and got a coat (laughs) that's funny it is uh it is a beautiful day out today is it sunny there yep 27 degrees and sunny. Wow. We Minnesotans needed some sunshine. It had been a a long time since we'd seen the sun and everybody was feeling the effects. Oh, I have a question for you. Speaking of you Minnesotans, Hmm. I, I have a friend that has the green heron bed and breakfast in Minnesota. I forget which town. They're in northern Minnesota, I think. Her husband posted a video today of him on using an ice boat. What the heck? I've never even heard of an ice boat. It was amazing. He had a sail on it and he was whipping all across this completely frozen lake on this little boat with the sail. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) that is hilarious. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's a thing. And if you, (laughs) if you don't have it with a sail, you can even put like the, like the fan behind Mm -hmm. it, you know, almost like the, those Uh, hover boats that they use in the Everglades. Everglades, yeah. Yeah, Same thing, but you just do it on the ice. Wow. So that's some pretty (laughs) darn thick ice. But have you ever cut a hole in the ice and gone fishing? Is that something you you guys do? Yeah. (gasps) I think that would be fascinating. (laughs) I think it's hilarious that you literally just said, do you ever cut holes in the ice? Well, I was watching a Christmas movie the other day, and they had, or I guess it was a winter movie, it wasn't really a Christmas movie, but they had this little house, or, and I've seen stuff like, remember the movie, like a million years ago, Grumpy Old Man, and they had the little ice house, and they cut a hole, and I'm I still, that always bothers me, I'm like, how safe is that? I mean, I know the ice is thick, but it they could fall in, and they get trapped under the ice, so I go down this whole reel of things that could happen, but so, like, have you done that before, cut a hole in the ice, and like, gone fish? have you really wow that is amazing i think it's hilarious that you think like okay we're we're kind of nerds and when it's cold and you need to find (laughs) things to do outside ice fishing has been a thing forever we there is even uh, on on our lake right behind the house there is actually like an ice fishing contest no just like there's a regular fishing contest and so when when the lake is fully frozen over it's not just cut a hole in the ice there's ice houses all over the lake whether some of them are tents some of them are actually a trailered house that they bring down and plop on the ice and some of those ice houses don't just have one hole but they have a hole for each person that's fishing wow they have bunk beds and refrigerators and stoves and you can cook and stay on the ice for days but 
doesn't it like crack and melt? Do people ever go tumbling in? Well, sure. I mean, accidents. Uh, <laughs> yeah, accidents happen. Oh but when it's cold, it's it's not likely to do that. And the lakes mm-hmm. are really good about flagging where it's healthy or where it's shallow ice. And they'll literally, you know, the the I don't know if it's the DNR that does it or if it's the Coast Guard staff or I don't I guess I don't know who's in charge of doing that. But they will literally poke little signs into the ice and it'll be like shallow ice, like avoid the circle or whatever. Some of them they literally plow a road through them and put stop signs up and plow other directions and you can use the lake as a shortcut during the winter to get to work wow you drive off That's the incredible. road onto the ice and drive off the road and so when do they decide that you can't do that anymore they will post signs that you have to have your ice houses off by such and such a date and yeah so do they does it have to be like 12 inches thick ice before they let you get out there i don't know what the rules are but yeah mm-hmm. they but i mean to be fair just this last weekend there were people out skating and john and i were like oh i don't know if i'd trust the ice right yet because it's been cold at night consistently but we've also had days where it's been 40 to 50 degrees mm-hmm. too so then that makes me a little bit nervous but I, as a person who has fallen in the ice oh my gosh it is not pleasant and it will ruin your week wow <laughs> now, fortunately it was just me and the ice and it was very shallow but i was very mm. wet and very cold mm. and yeah i was very scared but i didn't yeah. lose a vehicle i didn't lose an ice house i didn't lose a snowmobile i mean there were times where we were doing inappropriate things on the ice and there was open water and it was mm-hmm. how fast can you go on the snowmobile to skip the open water and land wow. on the ice on the other Now, was this a teenager? That was maybe some inappropriate younger days. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would not recommend that bad behavior. I'm telling you, it was... Not well, you know either. what? Inversions sound a lot safer now, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are we talking about today, Kat? <laughs> like, I feel like we've done this a couple times today. Just blab on and then we're like, oh, shit, we're supposed to be recording something of intelligence. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it's nice to let everyone know how our conversations when they're not listening go. That's exactly <laughs> how they go. Wow. Really? <laughs> you do that? <laughs> Oh, well, before we get on, off the ice thing, so do you do the polar bear club thing? I don't, but there's a lot of people I know who do polar plunges and, you know, and although it, that sounds like a really fun idea as a person who's fallen in the ice, it's really effing cold. <laughs> and, you know, I was just a little girl and I was scared. I think it was my ninth birthday and I was messing around where I shouldn't have been on the edge mm-hmm. and I went wow. through and the neighbor up the street heard my little cousin scream screaming and he came and mm-hmm. dragged me out and carried me home all wet to my house and yeah wow. it was not cool Mm-mm-mm. all right so don't go do that but you can't try inversions yeah what what <laughs> do we want to talk about with inversions you know yoga inversions everyone probably knows what we're talking about but that's when your heart is higher from the ground than your head so and it's a very fun um, confidence building perspective changing way to experience a yoga class And they're becoming more and more popular. Unfortunately, a lot of the reason they're becoming more popular is because of social media. And some people maybe, well, I would say no one should try this 
inversions at home without an instructor when you first start playing with them because there's so many incredible benefits to inversions but you need to know exactly what you're doing you don't want to hurt your spine you don't want to cause challenges to your body but if you have a good instructor they're really fun to do and i promise your body doesn't flip upside down at our age like it used to when we were younger and so be mindful and also don't get frustrated with yourself take it easy a little bit at a time and a quality instructor is going to teach you lots of modifications to get to the grand prize Mm -hmm. so also be kind to yourself for that but I do think Uh it's good that you mention like change of perspective and uh, some of the big huge benefits to inversions besides literally taking your head lower than your heart or your heart higher than your head however you want to describe it the the amazing aspect of why that inversion helps the heart or helps the cardiovascular system is because it's for the, it's the one time the heart doesn't have to work against gravity mm-hmm. gravity gets to do the work for it so that's a lovely lovely component but to your point it changes perspective quite mm-hmm. literally you're looking at the world upside down mm-hmm. and when you do that it does reset your perspective it brings a little bit of youthful joy to it there's so many layers right but also because it has such a big effect on the central nervous system it will help to reset the hormone system the endocrine system and how it works throughout the body it will help to reset the lymphatic system and your immunity response it will help with clarity creativity sexuality stamina, positivity, mental imbalances. The list is basically endless. You know, one thing that before everyone listening gets scared, most people, when you think of inversions, you think of a handstand or headstand. That's not all that's an inversion. A forward fold's an inversion. Downward facing dog's an inversion. Uh, Forearm balance, um, shoulder stands, even will pose can be considered as a backbend, but it's it can be considered anatomically a, an inversion also. So there's a lot of things, and I love that you mentioned modifications. We have headstand assists in the studio, and um, those are easy ways for people that want to literally flip upside down. But, you know, if you're in a class and people are teaching headstands, you can do down dog. I mean, you can still get those benefits that Tanya mentioned without having to totally commit. But there's also dolphin pose is a great way to prep for learning how to do a headstand and handstands. I had a lady in my advanced class the week before last that is in her 70s. And she, when she was young, she said she did headstands and handstands all the time. But she said it's been 50 years and she was able to do a headstand she doesn't have any spinal issues or any kind of anything that would be contraindicated it was very neat so it's I don't want people to think oh well I'm 40 so I'm too old to do a headstand as long as you have someone that can help you get into the position in a safe manner and give you options you can do all kinds of things I always try and tell my students when I'm working with students trying to make their way to headstand if you can do a chatter you have the strength 
to do a mm-hmm. headstand and they don't see that because fear steps in. And so being able to teach larger inversions in stages is so eye-opening for people. And mm-hmm. then that first time they kick up and actually get into headstand or handstand and they're like, what? Right? <laughs> Sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, someone take a picture. And other times they're like a, a actual flood of tears will release because, you know, you're just like, wow, I, I just did that with my body and holy crap. Yeah. And, and it is fantastic, right, to consider, you know, again, if there's no contraindications, and I think Kat will give us a list of contraindications here coming up, but to begin little, build up. And there is also a lot to be said for do not be afraid to use props, use the wall, use a spotter. Please don't try this at home. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> unless you have already been through some instruction and you feel confident that you have a space in your home where you have a wall that you can, you know, go up onto and that you feel like if you were to tip that you have safe places to bring your feet back down to when you tip. But that's the importance of having that spotter and being able to trust that, you know, trust your body, trust that your they body. Got you. Yeah. And trust your body's mm-hmm. timing. Like just a little bit at a time. You just because you mm-hmm. come to an inversion class today doesn't mean today has to be your headstand day. Mm-hmm. It might mean that the next time you do an inversion class will be your headstand day, but that you've learned all of the steps to it. I like that you mentioned that if they were strong enough to do a chaturanga, they can do an inversion. One thing that I always make sure people do, do you remember when you were a kid doing a cartwheel, you fling yourself into a cartwheel from standing and your hands hit the floor. I have had so many people that try to start handstands by flinging their hands into the floor. And if you don't have the strength to put your hands on the floor and from that position, walk your feet in and kick up, then you don't have the core strength to do it yet. But that doesn't mean you won't. But you need to learn how to train your body and learn how to draw your muscles into the midline and really engage those core muscles. So instead of flinging. So if if you're a flinger and you're flinging yourself around at home, you will eventually hurt something. So don't do that. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing too, right? Like considering, uh, yeah, students, there's no cartwheels in yoga. That's, <laughs> that's actually not a yoga pose of any kind. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, flinging and kicking is typically not yoga poses either. <laughs> We're user, usually entering and exiting yoga postures with control mm-hmm. and slow, clean entry and slow, clean exit and mindfulness and the mm-hmm. like. <laughs> it's it's not that you maybe don't have some, you know, lift and lower of the leg, but you're doing it with intention to teach, you know, when you feel that shift of balance from the center of the body to or from the legs to the center of the body so that you know when you're engaging core. And, yeah, and another thing that I find fascinating about inversions, this could even be, you know, when I guess you can even talk arm balances. And I guess if you really look at crow, I mean, that some the heart is almost if you're really rounding the back up. I guess some people consider crow an inversion. I kind of don't, but if you're in a position, could. But when you're working on any kind of an 
version. You are learning humility and you're learning perseverance. We always say, you know, it's, you know, no fall Friday or whatever it happens to be, you know, no face planting today. But you need to learn how to recover yourself from a pose. You need to learn how to fall out of a pose. If you're using a wall or using a door spacing, we teach a lot walking up the inside of a door and those are fabulous but even there you can still get kind of off balance and fall out sideways so you want to learn how to fall out of a pose in a very safe manner and not like I, I don't want to scare people by saying fall out because you're if you're using the wall and you've got a spotter you've got a teacher there you're not really gonna fall but you have to learn that sometimes you may not it may not feel as pretty or look as pretty or you may collapse into your shoulders or you may forget that you want to hold less than 30% of your body weight on your head. You know, we've got to remember that cervical spine. And if you're not pushing as hard as you can through your forearms and taking that pressure off your head, you, you can hurt something. So learning what's safe to do and learning that sometimes you do face plant or you fall out of a pose, it it keeps us grounded. It keeps us, reminds us that we're human and we're not superheroes. And when you, when you do one the first time, do you remember the first time you ever did a handstand? You were like, oh my God, did anyone see that? I mean, it really builds your confidence a lot. Yeah. And, and then I got real cocky and I thought I could do it not near a wall. And that's when oh. I fell and separated my shoulders. So oh. trust the wall. <laughs> And even though you may see people on Instagram or on any social media doing handstands and they've got these beautiful handstands, you don't know what it took to get them into that handstand to hold it there. They may have had someone holding them. They ran out of the space for a real fast second, took the picture and ran back in. Unless it's a video, you don't know. And there's no reason to get off the wall. There's no reason. You can do an inversion on the wall and then get your feet off the wall and hold it independent of the wall. But it's nice to have that there because we don't want you to crash boom bang. Yeah, 100%. And Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, having the wall there is not only teaching you the core integrity that you need to be in the inversion, but it is also giving you enough confidence that you can play Mm -hmm. around with, oh, if I engage my thighs, look what happens now. Or, oh, if I flex my feet or if I flex my toes Mm -hmm. or you now have that wall where you can educate your body on Mm -hmm. what feels best while you're up in the air. Whereas if you're not and you take that wall away and now you're too busy walking your hands because you don't want to fall over in your Mm -hmm. headband, you've lost core integrity because you're doing something else with your Mm -hmm. body. You know, and it feels different upside down. I do a lot of ribcage isolation exercises with people before we invert sometimes because when you, when people flip upside down and you tell them they're, they're doing that banana back thing and you tell them to pull their ribs in, they usually push it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Because when you're upside down, you have no body awareness in that position. So it's kind of nice to, you know, pu- push your ribs out to the front, pull them back, go side to side with them and learn how to how it feels to move that around and then tuck your pelvis. You know, learn how it feels to tuck the butt under t- and or arch your back out and feel how that feels. Then when you're getting upside down, a lot of times I'll have people put their feet flat on the wall so their legs are like in a 90 degree angle. And out. They, mm-hmm, they can play with, you can play with your ribs, you can play with your pelvis and see how does it feel if I pull it back in. Oh, whoops, I'm going the wrong way. 
So there's a lot of ways you can play with it like that. But, you know, like Tanya mentioned, it, the nice thing about inversions is you are helping that flow of blood and oxygen to your brain. One thing that that does, it helps with concentration. It helps with memory. Inversions are anti-aging. Being upside down changes your view of the world, literally and metaphorically. It can teach us how to get out of our habits. It can help us break away from the norm. They're, they give you a lot of energy. If you're someone that knows how to do inversions and you're at work and every single day at work at 2.35, you go get a Starbucks Frappuccino, just try an inversion. You don't, I mean, they will give you that same boost that you get from a caffeine jolt or a Diet Coke or whatever your vice may be. And it's healthier and it'll open up your mind. It'll help you finish up your day in a little more positive way. But there are some things that you need to be aware of when you're doing inversions. And if you have neck injuries or head injuries, if you have high blood pressure or glycoma, if you have anything like that, you definitely want to talk to your doctor before you do this, um, before you try some of these. If you're like, well, but my blood pressure is under control, still run it by your doctor and make sure they're like, yeah, yeah, you can do that. And the number one thing on any of that is listen to your body. Sometimes, even if you have none of these issues, sometimes it may be okay to do an inversion. And sometimes you may just need to be in legs up the wall pose or child's pose and, you know, practice ahimsa. If you don't have any of those kind of injuries, you should still check in with how you're feeling. Will this inversion help you to feel less tired or is it going to cause you more challenge, take more energy than it's worth that day? And so maybe on some days, yen is a better choice uh, for you because you want to practice that compassion for yourself also. If you are doing inversions, you have to practice them. You can't come to class once a month and decide that that's going to be your one time a month that you do a one arm handstand with a push up. You know, <laughs> you've got to practice it regularly. Yeah. Totally. It is, a, there's a lot to be said for the strength that's required, the, whether it's shoulder strength and core strength, but practicing it and be mindful too, that maybe after the first time you do achieve an, a, a big inversion, you may be sore the next day, but it doesn't mean that you've injured yourself or that you can't do inversions anymore. But it is that, you know, it is a very strong, powerful pose, some of the big inverted postures and you may be sore and that's okay. You're training muscles that you don't mm -hmm. normally use. Give it a couple days and then try it again. I have two books that I like and I know you know Ray Long, but he has The Anatomy of Arm Balances and Inversions. It's a beautiful book. Any of his books are just, I mean, the pictures, the graphics are just gorgeous, but this is a wonderful book. There's also a book by uh, Jennifer DeCurtins called The Complete Guide to Yoga Inversions, Learn How to Invert, Float, and Fly with Inversions and Arm Balances. And it is a lovely book too. Cool. So. All righty, my friend. Float and fly. Take some classes where you might learn some inversions. Cat's Monday night class. Mm -hmm. inversions they're good stuff give it a go don't be fret. don't be scared there's a lot better than falling through the ice and if you've done an inversion <laughs> and you feel like you need to share a photo like <gasps> amanda do it do it yeah. yeah i loved that i got to meet her <laughs> <laughs> i i love it too perfect i'm kat khan and i'm tanya rice
And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.